Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. Super excited for this today's episode. Uh, before we get into today's episode and introduce our guest for today's episode, I need you guys to do us a huge, huge favor. Share this episode with one other person that needs to hear the Latin Wealth Podcast. And trust me, this episode is going to be full of information you're going to want to share with your community. So go ahead, hit those three little dots, hit the share button, text it to somebody, send it to, send it to somebody on Facebook, a group message, whatever you have to do so we can continue to reach more people because the person that we have on this podcast today is a real estate investor, business owner, um, and she also has her international real estate broker, right? Um, and also she's taught and coached over 4,000 students on how to strategically invest in cash flowing assets. Uh, my good friend, Rosalind, AKA Urban Teach on Instagram. How are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. How are yeah. you? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, definitely happy to have you on this this podcast episode today. I'm excited about this conversation. I'm doing great. I'm always doing great when we have, you know, guests on the podcast. So definitely excited to jump into this. Uh, but how are you doing? How's the family going? You know, I know when we're recording this right before Christmas and whatnot, you guys getting ready with, with the shopping and whatnot? Yeah, I'm sure we're trying to keep it simple this year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like every year it becomes a madhouse mm -hmm. in here we have a couple of kids um so we're trying to keep it simple we're just trying to kind of teach them that you know it's not always about the just shopping and the abundance of spending right. we're like okay we need to scale it back let's do something that's more impactful with mm -hmm. our gift giving so we're working on that right now trying to figure out the next best move for them I, I love that. I have that mindset right now. My wife, she is a huge gift giver. Shout out to her. She wants to buy gifts for everybody. But I'm like, mm -hmm. Yo, let's just take them gifts and give it to maybe people that actually need it or, you know, could could utilize it better than us. Uh, but yeah, love that, that you got to teaching that to your kids. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk stuff. It's yeah, been a yeah, while. Let's, let's jump into it. So, um, you know, before we jump into like the, the meat of everything, you know, um, I had you on the Beautiful Struggle podcast, which is completely different from this. Um, mm -hmm. So before we jump into, you know, exactly what you do in your industry and whatnot, we'd love to get some background information and kind of your story briefly, um, and then we'll jump into everything else. But I want people to know more about you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's get started. Okay. So I'm from the Bronx, New York, um, raised New York City girl. Um Came from humble beginnings. Um, my dad was a cab driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I didn't go, I attempted to go to college after high school, but that didn't work out too well. I kind of always was passionate about having things move fast. And I felt like college was a little slow for me for that first semester or two. And I really just wanted to get my hands-on experience. So I joined a uh, vocational, not vocational, but a uh, trade school for 10 months in hospitality management. So finished that, started working in the hotel side, hotel business in New York City uh, from the very, you know, entry level position, started as a temp, then got moved over into a permanent position. And then literally for 20 years, just kind of climbed up the ranks in different departments, took a lot of training, traveled a lot, relocated a few times. 
Um, and then, you know, through the years, I was like, okay, career safety is great, but always kind of knowing that I wanted more, you know, for myself and not always not wanting to be tied down necessarily to a job or a career. Um, and I learned that later on in the years, you know, with stress levels and, you know, trying to balance home life. I was like, all right, I think I need to take what I've learned through the years and just kind of create my own thing. So I started investing in real estate back in 2012, got my first rental property, got a taste of, you know, getting that cash flow, you know, that first tax year, getting some extra refunds, uh, credits, stuff like that. And I was like, wait, this could be like a, a way to start building. So then through the years, just kind of self-taught myself to, you know, property manage, picking tenants, uh, started renting to Section 8 tenants, which is a whole other, um, you know, niche of real estate. Uh, and then eventually started Urban Teach in 2017, when I finally realized, like, you know, self-education is so important. Like, if you want to get out of your situation, whatever that is, going back to school is not always a solution, but trying to figure out what lane you want to be in, what are the things you want to learn about, and I found that a lot of working adults were like in that same boat where they're like, okay, I'm not happy with my job. I'm not happy with my career, wanting to learn something new. So I developed or started Urban Teach with the, with the message of, you know, you can literally teach yourself mm-hmm. um, a new career, a new venture, uh, a, new, a new life pretty much by taking some certain steps. So that's kind of the, the birth of the company. So right now I'm, I'm still focused on, you know, making sure I, I help those newbie investors kind of get out there. So I love that. Um, obviously you're, you're focused on real estate. I want to go back a little bit to that first time that you invested in real estate, that, that moment that you purchased your first property, right? And you got the taste of the cash flow and whatnot. Obviously you said that you wanted more in life. You know, you were at a job for X amount of years and you wanted something different, right? You know, you wanted to elevate to the next level. Can you talk to us about that, that shift that was needed to even invest in real estate, right? You talk about your parents, um, you know, cab driver and and whatnot, living in the Bronx. Um, What was that shift? Like, how did you get over that hump of like, yo, I can actually do this. I can invest in real estate. Um, You know, just kind of getting tired of, the living situation and like having everyone around me be feel stuck or be stuck for years. So every year that came around was like, my circle was like, Oh, we're going to do this and this and this and that. And then nothing would happen. So eventually I had to kind of step away on my own um, and just say, all right, let me sit down with myself. Let me figure out where, where do I want to be a year from now, two years from now? Um, Where do, what do I, what new habits do I need to take on? Because I was also, you know, spending like crazy, living the city life, going out on the weekends, taking little three day trips to Miami, Mm -hmm. you know, and having all these like um, inconsistent uh, spending habits that were not in line with what I was trying to do. So I had to sit with myself, you know, have a, a self audit and I'd be like, all right, these are the things I need to give up so I can start planning to buy myself a place and to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I did it. I think it was just more that I got, I got fed up with every year coming and going and not seeing changes. And that kind of like got me to the limit. And I was like, all right, I need to just stay, take this serious and do something about it. Yeah, no, that's definitely a scary thing to be in the same position at the beginning of the year as you are at the end of the year, right? Nothing mm-hmm. changed, same 
you know, habits, lifestyle, job, whatever the case is, same challenges. And you just, you know, a lot of people are stuck in that and they don't know how to break out of that. So I love that you um, share that experience. But uh, fast forwarding to Urban Teach, right? I love, I love for you to talk to talk to us about the different niches that you specifically help people out with. Because I know you mentioned earlier Section 8, um, helping first-time home buyers and whatnot. And also the most of the the bulk of the conversation is going to be about investing in the Dominican Republic, which we'll get into. But talk to us about hitting those different niches and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely, my focus is the newbie, newbie investor, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different phases to real estate investing, a lot of different lanes you can go into. Um, I feel like the hardest phase is that beginning phase mm -hmm. when someone jumps in for the first time right those are the group of folks that are like i don't know where to start i'm confused where do i go how do i do this then don't necessarily get the right advice from the beginning so you can put yourself in a in a in a bad situation not doing it right the first time right so i focus on newbie investors i always preach about buying multifamily properties because it's really a a financial hack, right? To have um, a second, third uh, income coming in that helps you pay down that mortgage is a game changer. Um, aside from all the tax breaks that you can get as well, um, I always try to kind of paint the whole picture when I speak about investing, right? Multifamily first, um, security, Section 8, state programs, things that, you know, if you're in the right market can help you really scale quickly because you'll have a guaranteed percentage of that rent coming in every month without you having to necessarily worry about whether the tenant is going to pay that month or not. You know, a big number of that rent is paid by the state. So I also teach about Section 8 rentals, how, you know, how does the program work, how you can use it to maximize um, your potential pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and then thirdly, you know, now I'm getting into international investing so that'll be the next the next big, big thing for me yeah absolutely so talk to us about what interests you about investing in the dominican republic besides the fact that you're dominican uh, yes what, what excites you about that country yeah so i've been yeah so i was born in new york my parents are dominican but i am dominican like i've been yeah. going there sure. since i was born you know every summer like clockwork sometimes twice, three times a year. So the DR has, has been going through a really big um, growth spurt in the last mm -hmm. three to five years in terms of developments, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, representation worldwide of what the DR offers. Article, not to cut you out, I was just reading yeah. an article saying that a real estate investor is investing in three new hotels out there that are going to be ran by the Hyatt. That just came out recently. So yes, they are definitely developing a lot. Yes, yes. And, you know, the thing is, for me, like coming from a Dominican family, I've always been used to hearing all the negative, right? Like, mm. you know, DR, you know, the process is really slow, or, you, you, you know, you could get scams, builders are not doing it, doing it right, they don't deliver as they promise. And there's always been like this dark cloud around investing there for mm. us Dominicans, right? But then I find myself traveling there every summer and renting out Airbnbs, renting out condos on the beach, renting out villas for the family. And when I start digging down to who is who owns this place, right, I find that it's people from other countries that are owning 
pieces of real estate in these tourist destinations all over the country. I know the same thing is happening in PR. So I had to take it upon myself. Like a couple of years ago, I'm like, okay, something's not right. Because obviously other folks are seeing the value in owning property there, but we are too afraid to make a move, mm -hmm. right? We're too afraid to invest there. We're too afraid to um, learn the market, to figure out if the numbers work. Um, so that's kind of how the idea started. So this was pre-pandemic back in 2019. I took a trip to Punta Cana and I, where I stayed, it ended up being a lady who was German who owned like a bunch of units there, right. who was living in the R for like 10 plus years, didn't even speak Spanish. Mm. Um, and I was really like, I came back kind of upset about it. You know, I even did a whole IG live about it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask you, how did that make you feel? You know, I was like, there's people here living their best life, running businesses, and then that's okay. I'm not mm -hmm. saying or dis discounting the fact that anyone can do that. It's actually, you know, admirable that she took, they changed her whole, their whole life and moved into a whole new country. But the point here is, I was like, okay, why aren't we doing that? You know, mm -hmm. why isn't my family doing it? My friends doing it? Other Dominicans that I know. Um, and if they're not doing it, then Why? Um, and I know there's a lot of these scary stories and fear mm -hmm. tactics going on, but, you know, who are these other folks using to invest there? You know, who are their attorneys? Who are their accountants? Right. How are they making it happen? But we're too scared to do it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where the idea started. Um, so through pandemic, I was doing a lot of research, spoke to a lot of different companies, a lot of builders. Um, and then I finally locked in with a reputable builder in the DR that has all these projects throughout a lot of the tourist destinations mm -hmm. um, who have been in the market 20 years, who have, you know, a thriving company. And I partnered up with them. So I became mm -hmm. an international broker with the builder. No, that's amazing. And, you know, some of the things that you're saying about like the fear mongering about investing in different countries in our homeland and whatnot, it's, it's, it seems like it's the same across everywhere. Like that, those are the same exact things I hear about Puerto Rico. It's same. Low builders we can't trust folks and, and things of this nature and i think that definitely holds us back from investing over there right so i'm curious if we can start getting kind of granular what are some of the biggest differences from investing in the united states to investing in like a, a, a dr or puerto rico or something like that got it okay so yeah so the first thing we want to look at is what are the financing terms because obviously mm -hmm. you know it's very hard for someone to just go and drop the entire amount of cash right to buy a property there um so for the dr uh i'm working with pre-construction projects so pre-construction is you're buying the property at the stage of planning right mm -hmm. planning stage with the expectation that within a year or two when you get that key in your hands that it would be you know have grown in value and um there's other benefits to doing it that way um so first is financing um in the dr if you're getting into a pre-construction property you know a bank won't necessarily finance your purchase until the property has been completed so that could be a year or two from now um the way to get in is you know obviously you have to put down a cash payment for a down payment which is usually 20 percent of the price of the price tag uh, most builders will finance the construction to you as a buyer, 30% to 40% of the construction. They will finance it to you. 
at 0% interest because you're not working with the bank, you're working with, directly with the builder. So at the point that the unit is finalized, that means that you would have put already 20 plus the 30 or 40 uh, out of pocket. So let's say 50% of the unit has been paid for out of pocket in the next two year of the construction. And at that point, then you can finance it through a lender in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so the financing is a little different. Um, the benefits are that the DR is now offering dual residency if you invest 200K US or more. Wow. So that could be in real estate or in a business. So you'll get wow. your dual residency, which is a, is a big deal for folks that are trying to establish an economy outside of the US. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big one. Um, secondly, uh, a lot of these projects, like the ones that I'm working with, they fall under a special law in the DR. It's called the Confutur Law, which just passed a few years ago. And it's to incentivize, incentivize buyers and investors to buy real estate there. The law says that for up to 15 years, you pay no property tax. Wow. <laughs> so you can essentially buy yourself a wow. brand new condo on the beach, walking distance to the beach you know 20% down as if you as you would need it in the states anyway for an investment property um pay 30% over the construction 0% interest and then finance the last 50% um with no property tax for up to 15 years so that's those are just like a few of the perks that are being offered there for people to buy real estate this is why you're seeing so much mm-hmm. development going on yeah. there's a lot of demand um punta cana in case you you we're not aware is like the number one destination in all of the Caribbean. So they have the most inbound travel. Um, DR has the most inbound number of tourists coming into the Caribbean Mm. is number two in Latin America. So number one is Mexico. Number two is the DR. Wow. That's pretty incredible. So I'm, I'm wondering before we even get to the financing, what do people need to do to set them up to be able to invest internationally right so you you know mm-hmm. so the people out there listening they're like man this sounds amazing um sounds very doable but like where do i even start like who do i call to, what do i look up on the internet uh, yeah cities and whatnot what do i got to do before i even take that step yeah so you know it depends what country you want to invest in i would always suggest that if you're buying to put it into a some sort of a rental program which is a bulk of the investors are trying to do it that way you know they want to buy something have it rented to tourists, and then they can use it to go stay. That's usually the number one reason for buying abroad. I would say, make sure you understand what the tourism numbers are looking like for those Mm -hmm. cities. So let's say you want to buy in Cancun, or you want to buy in Costa Rica, you know, by the water, or DR, or even Puerto Rico. The first step is understanding what does that tourist number look like? Is it growing year over year? Is there demand for stays in that area? Because the last thing you want to do is pick a spot based on emotion. Like, oh, I went there. I love it. I want to move there when I retire. And And then buy. Huh? (laughs) And nobody goes there. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're buying a a whole apartment and you're like, now I'm 10% occupied for the whole month. And now I'm paying money out of pocket. So number one is definitely understand the tourist numbers. I do that with all of my buyers. Mm -hmm. I have a whole presentation on, you know, what is tourism looking like, what the expectation is for the next year, the year after. And those are stats that can really be, they are available to most brokers Mm -hmm. and to Mm -hmm. most real estate agents. 
I just don't, I just always want to encourage people to ask those questions. Cause if sometimes if you don't ask, they won't, they won't share the information sure. with you. Right. Yeah. Um, some of these uh, offices and realtors are just really focused on making the sale and not necessarily educating you on the process. Um, so, you know, coming from urban teach educational platform, I mm -hmm. wanted to kind of use that same outline of the, my business plan to also educate folks on investing, mm -hmm. you know, in the DR. Absolutely. So talk to us about um, you as a broker. So the buyer comes to you and you have a partnership with the builder. What does that process look like for your position? Yes. So I have the brokerage um, based out of New Jersey, but I'm running the brokerage, you know, from here. I have mm -hmm. offices in Punta Cana and in Santo Domingo. Um, partnered up with the builder. So yeah, so pretty much, you know, I have um, a web uh, a page, which is Urban Teach INT. Folks go on there, they can schedule a one on one zoom with me, or they can request information about the projects via email. We have digital brochures on every every project, I have a breakdown of payment plans, all the numbers, the tourist numbers as well. I share that with the potential buyer. Once we get to speak one on one, then I can pretty much get a sense for their budget, where are they looking to invest, and also the purpose of their investment. So their buyers are looking to buy, to put it into the hotel program or the stay program. Other buyers are like, you know what, I'm retiring there in three years. You know, I'm first generation Dominican American, or my parents are retiring in a year or two. So they're also buying to go live there. So they, it really depends on what the buyer is looking for. But from my standpoint, my goal is to just kind of put the buyer into the right products mm -hmm. that is in line with what they're trying to do. For sure. I love that. And so from your perspective, um, Latinos that are looking to invest or that possibly need to invest and whatnot, and you in this position, do you see our people utilizing these resources more often? Like, because I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday and it's like, the information is out there for our people. Yes. Buy back or, or buy back into our community, buy back into where we came from and whatnot. But it seems like it, there is that bump that people are not overcoming. Do you see people overcoming that bump? If not, what do we need to do to get people over that hump? So I do see a lot more um, interest in investing there by us Latinos, um, not just Dominicans, by the way, we have a, a small population of Puerto Ricans living in the DR, uh, Venezuelans that have moved to the DR, um, a couple of Mexican, a uh, small number of Mexicans as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's there's a lot of other Latin America uh, demand coming from other Latin American countries into the DR. I think the conversation, having these conversations and, you know, sharing the information on how the process works is helping folks kind of feel better about it as opposed to just hearing the story from their neighbor or her cousin mm -hmm. or the vecina, you know, they can actually now get the information from someone that's hands-on, that's yeah. on the market. Um, a lot of my buyers that the last couple of buyers have been from like the Midwest or Florida, where they don't necessarily have a lot of, they don't have access to a lot of the stuff going on in DR. But now with, you know, the information on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, mm -hmm. there's a lot more that you can research on your own. So I would always say, you know, just research the place that you want to invest in. Mm -hmm. um, treat it as if it was an investment in the U.S., right? So what are the things you're going to look for here? It's got to be the same 
uh, things that you're going to look for wherever you buy real estate with a little extra step because you got to understand mm -hmm. kind of the rules and the laws and yeah. and have the, those connections to make you to help you get through the process. Yeah, that that's huge. The connections, the 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 relationships is is huge, right? Building the right ones and building quality relationships in these different countries. Um, I can only imagine it is a huge component of it. Yeah, totally. So I'm taking trips there every other every two months or so to meet mm -hmm. with my team, um, and also to record content to yeah. like you know meet with mortgage lenders. Like I'm going there hopefully in January to me with a couple of different um, legal form, legal firms that do closings. Um, so I want to be able to provide, you know, for the buyers, a whole packet of information, yeah. like, okay, for your closing process, here are three different law firms, research them, pick one. Here is where you'll get your utilities turned on. Here is where you'll get your accountant. You know, there's a couple of accountant offices. Uh, how do you get home insurance? How do you get health insurance for the people that are looking to uh, retire there. So I'm trying to create a whole full service atmosphere so that mm -hmm. it's not just selling the property. It's more like, okay, th these are the things that go on in the DR. And these are the things that, you know, you want to look at um, because again, I'm in the business of service. So I don't want to just sell your property and let you just right. figure it out on your own. Right. When I'm clearly have the access to this information with all my traveling there and all of my contacts. Yeah, 100%. No, that's super important. And I want to transition a little bit into uh, renting versus owning, right? Uh, mm -hmm. it, it seems like the generation, you know, some millennials and the next generation, it seems like they are really focused on being flexible, being having that freedom and being able to just like live somewhere for one year and then go somewhere else and whatnot, right? Um, I'm mm -hmm. sure you've seen that. Yes. And also, you know, I, I think to add on to that, but with the recent job layoffs in tech, especially, right? Um, I was just reading, I think yesterday there was an article that was put out that Spotify is to lay off 17% of its workforce, Oof. which is insane. It's I think it equates to over a thousand jobs. Pretty mm. crazy. But, you know, with, with cuts, with um, recession, and people having this mindset of like, yo, I just want to rent. What are your thoughts about that? And how do we get people from having that renter's mindset to maybe not even, I think, not even ownership, but maybe like an investor's mindset, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I always tell people, sit down with yourself and add up your numbers. That's what I did before I decided to buy my first property. Mm -hmm. I was renting apartments in New York since I was 19. And I literally, I, my first property, I was what, 32 when I got it. So it was more than a decade of me paying rent. So I sat down and wrote down how much money have I spent on rent? And it was over 150K of my hard earned money, right? From working a job that I hated to begin with and had nothing to show for it because every month it was like rent paid, rent paid, right? So I tell people, sit down with yourself, be sure that you understand what that number looks like for the next 10 years. If that's what you want to do is rent, how much money are you literally just throwing away, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you don't always necessarily have to choose between owning or renting. I have investors that own rental properties and use their rental income to pay for their rent, right? And those rental properties are managed by a property management company. So it's not the 
owner running around taking yeah. the garbage out you know doing landscaping and messing Fixing with the toilets you know so there's just a lot of different ways that you can be an investor for, especially for millennials you know you're for the high income earners for the young tech people um this is the time you know you got to get in and even if you once you own it you can as long as you know what your options are you don't necessarily have to be hands-on but just know that someone else is paying down that mortgage for you. Mm -hmm. So in 10 years, you're going to be sitting on a little chunk of change that you can use mm -hmm. as opposed to paying it in rent. And a landlord is never going to give you a refund, right? A landlord is never going to give you tax breaks. Um, so that's kind of the, the the first place I would start to try and make that shift. And um, you said, you said something stood out to me, you said the time is now, right? So I'm curious with talking about the economy as a whole, and us being in a recession, you know, do you do you still are you still confident like, yo, the, the right time is always to buy uh, right now is the right time to always buy real estate? Do you feel like it's a timing thing? Um, and if so, uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So, yeah, clearly we're in a really shaky economy. Um, but I also see that Black Friday, the sales were up from <laughs> last year, you know, so I'm like, OK, which one is right. it? <laughs> yeah, People are still spending true. money. Mm -hmm. I go to the mall on the weekends, the Nike line is down the block, Very right? True. Very true. The, the cashiers are all full. So, okay, we're in a recession, but people are out here spending money. Starbucks is always full, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, what's really happening? I think we're, a lot of folks too are not prioritizing where they put their money. Um, and of course, the $5 Starbucks won't buy you a house, but it's do just- Do you feel the, like that's not, sorry to cut you up, but do you yeah. feel like that's, that's a, a product of maybe- uh 2020 where people were getting stimulus money and now they're trying to just upkeep their lifestyle and now they're going into debt to do this as you see um the national debt is i forgot what is that right now over two trillion or something crazy yeah. like that um do you you think that equates to that as as well be you know yeah totally yeah i think it's, it's contributing to that for sure you know because we got so lazy daisy lexi daisy with the right, spending right. You know, from being locked up for two years that maybe some folks haven't made the switch yet. Mm. So totally. But at the same time, you know, rent is going up every year. You know, mm. I don't know anyone that has not received a rent increase during their lease renewal. So this is only going to keep happening. Um, so, yeah, the economy is shaky. Interest rates are high. But I always tell folks, OK, if you're not ready financially to do it right now, that's OK. But what are you doing on the back end to prepare? Right. Are you saving a little more money? Are you paying down your credit cards? Are you figuring out if there's a first time home buyer program that you can sign into that will help you with your down payment, with your closing costs? So you don't necessarily need to jump in. I would never advise anyone to jump in that can't afford it right now. But on the back end, you definitely should start doing at least the legwork to understand how everything moves. Because, again, next year, if interest rates do drop, right? the the talk of ta of the town is that there's going to be a frenzy out here because mm -hmm. once the interest rates drop a little bit um people are going to be willing to move again and sell their place into something else right. and things are going to start moving really fast and that's going to drive up pricing with the demand being expected to be high so again it's we're not in a position yet where we're seeing price drops necessarily mm -hmm. things are still expensive and even if they drop a little bit What's to say that is is not going to bounce right back, especially after an election year? Right, a hundred percent. 
So if a real estate bubble were to pop, if it were to happen in 2024, in your perspective, what does that look like? Well, they always say the real estate bubble, you know, there's a lot of fear and talks around that, but I feel like every market is different. So in my market in North Jersey, where I'm 10 minutes from New York City, market bubble conversation doesn't happen. Like in, in this market, we know that properties hold their value. There's enough demand. There's enough people that are looking for homes for the last six months and still can't find any. So we know that we're pretty secure here. Now, Miami, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, it could be a whole different picture, right? So I just tell folks, understand your market before mm -hmm. you take one message that you hear on YouTube and think that it applies for the whole country because it really mm -hmm. does not, you know? Right. Every market moves differently. Every market operates in its own like bubble. So it's just really important to know the numbers. What, what is the tr what are the numbers trending like since January till now? You know, is there a dip in pricing going on right now in this moment? You know, are ho less homes being listed or less homes selling or more homes selling? Mm. So there's a lot of stats around, you know, this message, but I always tell folks, you just got to really understand and learn your market before you make uh, an assumption for sure. Yeah, I agree with that because uh, out here in Dallas, they're building a lot. They're still putting up a bunch of apartments everywhere. They're talking about, you know, doing a bunch of things to the city. So uh, I agree with you. Definitely learning your market, being in there and understanding, you know, what's going on. Do you feel like being in real estate, it, it's kind of like, a thing where you have to be local to that that property like you is it best for you to be near that property for newbies yes i always recommend that because again there's so much that can go wrong you know for especially if you're the one that's managing mm -hmm. your own uh property i have cases including myself where we all i own property in another state but there's a property management company in place mm -hmm. so you mm -hmm. necessarily don't have to I don't have to get there. I don't have to be there. You know, they're getting paid to do the work, um, but they have to be managed, but they can be managed from far, right? So for new investors, if you're getting into a property where you're, you're self-managing, you should definitely be within driving distance mm -hmm. that you can get to and from. Um, because a lot of things can go wrong, right? You can have a contractor that says it's going to show up, doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Plumbing issues, you got to be there, right? The city shows up, you might have a permit that you didn't file. Now you're in trouble with that. You have to be there. Um, so yeah, for the for beginners, I would say definitely do it where, where you can get to it. And for the, the the economy in the United States, is it directly, like how does it impact the economy in the DR, the real estate economy? So what's going on out here? Does it impact what's going on out there? I know obviously tourism is mm -hmm. big. A lot of people from the United States are going out there, but how else does it impact the DR if if it does? Well, it does when travels when travel slows down here because again, mm -hmm. you know, we I think it's like seventy percent of the travelers inbound are coming from the U.S. Mm -hmm. and then the other thirty percent is from everywhere else, Latin America, mm -hmm. Europe, Canada. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's gonna impact it slightly, but surprisingly, it has not so far. Like twenty twenty three is having the biggest travel year tourism travel year yeah, in the dr yeah. from having the forecast was 8 million tourists for the year for 2023 
we're on pace to hit 10 million by the end of this month. So it's it, the numbers are there and it's like, okay, yeah, we've gone through, you know, times of where the stock market is down. There's a lot of fear around interest rates, things, real estate transactions not happening as much as 2022. But for the DRs, we, we've been really lucky where the travel is still coming in. People are still spending the money to go there. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Um, and we can we can start wrapping this up. Uh, I'd love for you to to let the people know about how specifically you're helping educating the community. I know you just recently did an in-person meetup where people can come yeah. to your office, ask questions, and um, just get that education that's needed, and which I think is phenomenal because... Yeah, I mean, we need more people that are trustworthy that are like actually in these countries or in the properties and whatnot that are educating the people. So a uh, huge shout out to you. But let the people know like how other ways, you know, you're educating people and in you know, different services that you may offer. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I have a um, private online group. It's called the Q&A Club. So these guys are all either newbie investors or, or have already purchased their first, second, third rental property. Um, the community meets on Mondays at 8 p.m. on Zoom. So I have members from everywhere, Texas, California, Florida, New York, New Jersey. Um, and the membership group is really more so about connecting with like-minded folks, right? Mm -hmm. People that want to be invest, invest in real estate or even folks that are in business that have pivoted from being a W-2 employee to now owning a business. And we literally focus every week on just learning a new topic, whether that's mm -hmm tax strategies for your business, um, which we had last night, or um, how to manage your multifamily, what type of contracts you should have available for partnerships, things like that. Uh, and the group has access to a student portals, which is where I load all my sessions in, all my forms. Um, and then we meet in person. So every other month um, I get to you know put an EVI out and some of the folks that are local, they come to my office, we drink, we eat, we chat. I have all the members meet each other. And it's created a good synergy because a lot of folks are like, okay, I want to do this, but I don't want to do it alone, right? Or it's too hard to do it alone. But if they meet someone else that has the same interest, for sure, then they kick it off and they're like, okay, how do we do this? How can we do this together? And I'm always there to kind of just guide, support, or at least point them in the right direction. So the group is pretty neat. That's my really my main focus for 2024 outside of the DR investing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the best way to reach me. So. Yeah on my website, urbanteachnyc.com, and then uh, Instagram at urbanteach. I love it. And so before we get out of here, is there anything else that's related to investing in DR that we missed that you want to hit on that you think it's important for people to know? Um, just of, you know, again, it's, it's such a centrally located place in mm -hmm. the Caribbean. And the DR has so much to offer because it's not just beaches and sun, you know, yeah. there's a lot of different landscapes throughout the country. If you want to live near a city, a big city on a high rise with a rooftop, you can. If you want to live on the mountainside, inland, away from the beach, you can. Um, so there's just a lot of uh, diversity in terms of where you can live and invest. Uh, but more so the people, you know, we're, we're known for being very like warm and happy mm -hmm. and, and it, just happy right yeah. so everyone that i know that usually travels there that's not from the caribbean when they come back they always seem to have you know a good experience so yeah i would just say for anyone listening that haven't gone definitely plan your trip there love it love it um before we get out of here i always love to ask my guests 
mm-hmm. what is one person that needs to be on the Latin Wealth podcast, in your opinion? The only rule is you got to know, you got to be able to know this person. Wow. Hmm. Know them personally? Yes. Yes. You got to make that connection. <laughs> yes. So my my business partner, Martin Perdomo okay. in Pennsylvania. Like me, he grew up in the city, you know, rough upbringing, moved to Pennsylvania about 20 years ago, owns dozens of rental properties, is currently converting, um, rehabbing a big monster property into student housing near Mm -hmm. a university. So he would be a great candidate. He's got a lot to share. What's his Instagram handle? Elite Strategist. Okay, I think okay, I think I, I I came across him. I'll need to follow him and definitely reach out to him and have him on. But um, thank you for that. Before we get out of here, let the people know one more time where they can reach out to you if they have any questions. And um, huge shout out to you to everything that you're doing, educating the community, um, getting in the weeds of thing to to really learn and provide a full service for people, right? So thank you for that, and you're thank you for your time as well. Oh, thank you, Chris. You know, we always have a, a blast doing these, so I'm yeah, always happy absolutely. to come on. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, um, yes, and Instagram is urbanteach underscore. The DR page is urbanteachint, so Urban Teach International. Um, and then I have a website, Urban Teach NYC. So if you type in Urban Teach Real Estate in Google, you'll see one of my handles come up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in there. Absolutely. And with that being said, this is the Latin Wells family. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And hey, like I said, there's a lot of information that was dropped in here. Share this episode with one other person that needs to hear this. And it's the Latin Wells family. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace out.